Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, praise the Lord. Here we are for another great Wednesday night united, and we're believing God for some great things. I know I say that every time that we're together, uh, but that's what we're believing. We're believing for great things. And uh, we want to go to the book of 2 Timothy tonight, uh, chapter 3. And I want to uh, continue to talk on this that we have been on, uh, entitled Continue in the Truth. And uh, this is so important, uh, not just for the day and age that we're living in, but every uh day, every year, every uh, facet of our life. And uh, you'll remember that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 13, Paul wrote Timothy and he said this, he said, but evil men and seducers will wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Worse and worse, wax worse and worse means going from bad to worse. And deceiving and being deceived means leading others astray and being led astray. But then he says, you continue in the things that you have learned. Or you continue in the things that you've been assured of. All right? In other words, the way the Lord said it to me was, you stay with what's worked in the past because it'll still work now. Amen. You stay with what's worked in the past because it will still work now. So we're to continue in what we've learned. The Word. What has been taught to us. That word continue, it means to remain or to stay. Over and over again, we see phrases where the Word of God is concerned in the Scripture. Uh, rooted and grounded in the Word. Uh, continuing in the Word. Because it's the truth that you stay with that's going to impact your life. It's the truth that you stay with that's going to impact your life. Because there are people that that view the Word of God as from the far end of the spectrum. They view the Word of God as a holy book. There are people that view it as a truth. And there are people that view it as the truth. Well, I believe we fall in the last category. This is the truth. This is the truth. You'll hear people, uh, 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 self-help people, positive thinking people, and and I have nothing against that for what it is, but when they mention the Word of God or they mention the Bible or they mention Jesus, uh, very often they'll mention Jesus as a teacher. Uh, They'll mention the Word as, you know, a a holy book, and they'll put it right in line with, with other books that they call holy. But here's the thing. When you view this as the truth, then it, it has the ability then to change your life. Right? Because I've got to view it as truth. This is the truth. And so in John chapter 8, Jesus says something that's been very often quoted, but 
I don't want to say that it's been misquoted, but I'll say this. It's not been completely quoted. And John chapter 8 and verse 30, and it says this, Jesus, as he spoke these words, many believed on him. Then said Jesus to those Jews that believed on him, notice, if you continue in my word, then are you my disciples indeed. And I've been pointing this out. I'll point it out again. And here's that punctuation, the colon, which is a pause. You'll be my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The Roost Bible says Jesus was saying to the Jews who having believed him were at that moment maintaining the attitude of faith. As for you, if you remain in the word which is mine, remember the word continue means to remain, truly my disciples you are and you will know the truth in an experiential way and the truth will make you free. So very often these verses are quoted in this way. Well, you know, the Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. Jesus actually said, if you continue in my word, right, then you're my disciples and you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. So notice he puts the emphasis on the continuing. If you continue in my word, then the result will be that you're my disciples and you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. So it's knowledge of the truth that makes one free, but to get there, I've got to continue in the word. I've got to remain. I've got to stay in the word. So Jesus said the key to knowing the truth, the key to walking in freedom was continuing in the Word, staying with, staying in the Word, remaining in the Word. That means that I am Word of God minded and I'm Word of God governed. All right, my mind immediately goes to what does the Word say? I govern my life, my thinking, my thoughts, my words, my reaction, excuse me, to what does the Word say? I'm governed. By the word of God. Uh, I was teaching uh, there Sunday morning, or excuse me, Sunday night, uh, over the tithe and the offering, and how that the blessing governs our life. All right? Well, when you are blessing-minded, then when lack or insufficiency shows up, your mind automatically goes to the blessing. I'm blessed going in. I'm blessed coming out. My God shall supply all of my need. I have given, so it is given unto me. I have all sufficiency in all things. I require no aid or support. What are you doing? You're governing that circumstance by the blessing. I'm blessed. In the same way, when a circumstance comes up, a situation arises, the person who is continuing in the Word that is word of God minded, governed by the word, they immediately go that way. And here's why. The level of victory in my life is directly related to my continuance in the word. The level of victory in my life is directly related 
to my continuance in the word. When you see somebody that is consistently walking in victory, consistently walking in health, consistently walking in the blessings of God, consistently overcoming, that didn't just happen. They're not an anomaly. There's some reason that that's occurring. And if you'll trace it back, it's that they continue in the Word. This is so vital. Because it, it, the Bible says it's the Word of God that has the power to establish me and make me unmovable. Glory to God. Freedom follows continuance. Freedom follows continuance. The more you continue in the Word, the more freedom you realize. There are people under the sound of my voice, people watching online, that are absolutely free from fear because you've stayed in the Word. Absolutely free from anxieties because you've stayed in the Word. Doesn't mean that they haven't come up or that they haven't tried to knock on your door. It's that your Word of God governed. Your mind is governed by the Word of God. And that's why you take the steps that you have to take not to overcome. I've learned something. The less information contrary to the Word that I allow into my ears and my eyes and my mind means the less I have to overcome. Right? If I, if I don't allow it at all or there's just minimal information coming in, then there's, there's just the less I have to overcome. And it's not that you don't want to see anything negative or that it bothers you. It's that everything, every time I listen to something that's contrary to the Word... I've got to exert spiritual energy to overcome that. Whereas, that's why the Bible says, what, what do we think on? Whatever things are good, whatever things are perfect, whatever things are holy, whatever things are praiseworthy, if there's any virtue, if there's any praise, think on these things. Now, that's what the Apostle Paul said. And he said the result of that would be that the peace of God that passes all understanding would mount a guard over your heart and your mind through Christ Jesus. Now, see, that's staying in the Word. And so instead of, I was talking to somebody not too long ago, and they were telling me about a relative uh, that, uh, you know, they, they continually, all day long, all evening, you know, the, the television's on this certain news network, and that's all they're getting. And, and they were telling me how fearful this person was and how upset they were. And this person, they should not be that way, I mean, because of their demeanor and their constitution. But they have so fed on what's going on according to the worldly viewpoint, right, that they cancel family get-togethers, they cancel holiday meetings, because after all, well, here's the thing. If that's all that's coming in and that's where I'm remaining, make no mistake, you will receive the strength of whatever you're listening to. Right? 
And so if that that I'm listening to has the strength to put me over into anxiousness and fear and, and worry, that's what, where I'm going to end up. But if what I'm listening to, the Word of God, has the power to set me over that, to establish me, to give me overcoming ability, then that's what I'm going to do. Everything in your spirit that you can draw from is there because you put it in there. If I'm going to be strong in my spirit, I've got to continue in what the Word said, and when a, de when a deficit tries to arise, I can reach into my spirit and make up the, de the, the deficit. Oh, glory to God. Do you see this? In uh, 1 Timothy chapter 4, this is so important. So nudge your neighbor, make sure they're awake. It's so important <laughs> because uh, of, of the word being our source. And 1 Timothy 4 and 16, Paul says to Timothy, take heed unto yourself and unto the doctrine. The doctrine is the word. Continue in them. For in doing this, you will save yourself and them that hear you. You'll save yourself and them that hear you. The Roos Bible says, keep on paying careful attention to yourself and to the teaching. Constantly stay by them, for in doing this, you'll save yourself and those who hear you from the false doctrines of demons. Now notice that. Paul told Timothy that by continuing in the word, he would save himself and those that were listening to him by continuing in the word. The, the defense against not just doctrines of demons and, and false doctrine, the defense against that and the defense against concern and anxiety and fear, the defense against what might happen, the defense against all these things is continuing in the Word, continuing in what you've heard. This is so important. Because when Jesus said, take no thought for tomorrow, He said, sufficient for the day is the evil thereof. That wasn't Jesus being negative. He was saying, you're dealing with things today, and if you're already worrying about tomorrow, tomorrow's going to bring its own set of problems. And if, I'm, if, if I am, am already tomorrow focused, now I'm doubling up the anxiety today because of what might happen tomorrow. Hallelujah. Now, now, rather than just saying, hey, don't worry, don't, I'm telling you the answer. The antidote is what? Continuing in the Word. Staying in what the Word of God said. Doing what the Word of God said. That, 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 that's the antidote to it. When, when over and over again in the scripture where uh, uh, Jesus says, take no anxious thought. Paul says, don't take anxious thought. Don't worry about one thing. Well, they tell us to do that because there's power in the word they were preaching to enable us to do that. Billy Graham used to say this. He would say, this is the word of God and it comes with its own power. 
you don't have to plug the Word of God into anything for it to get power. It comes with its own power, and that power begins to operate in your life. That's why we talk about confession. When a, a thought tries to come into your mind or tries to come into your spirit, and you say, no, that's not my thought. I don't think that way. I cast that down, and you replace it with what the Word says. The Word has the power to replace that thought and bring peace and safety. Amen. But only the Word can do that. But words, period, spoken, have a certain level of power. And here's why. Because man, even in their fallen state, even unborn again, unregenerate men and women, the words that they speak carry a certain level of authority because man was given authority. And so when you're listening to somebody tell you how bad things are, and you're listening to somebody tell you how hopeless a situation is, or how sick uh, uh, you, you are, or how broke, or whatever, you name the situation, those words are having an impact because of the authority mankind possesses. Amen. And so I've got to take the time to not only not listen, I've got to replace the words that I heard. Got to replace them. Hallelujah. I, uh, I heard this one time. A minister said this uh, to a person uh, whose loved one was battling a, a sickness. And the doctors were saying different things. Uh, it was all negative. It, nothing was good. And they were talking to a minister, and the minister said this. The devil is trying to get them to agree with that negative report. They have to stand against that. For any report to come to pass in my life, I have to agree with it. And, and I agree with it two ways. By silence or affirmation. If I don't say anything, I agree with what they said. If I affirm it, yeah, that's right. Then I've agreed with it. The only way to disagree is say something. And, and, and understand what I mean by that. I may not look at that person in the face and say, I disagree with you. I may have to walk off. I may have to go in the other room. But when I get in the other room or wherever I'm going, I'm talking. I don't agree with that in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard Pastor Caldwell say one time, he said, you know, that he said, I'll, I'll be talking to people and we'll get ready to leave. And uh, he said, inevitably, somebody will go, well, y'all take care. And he said, I'll wait till they walk off and I'll go, I, I refuse the care. I don't carry care. I'm not taking care. Why? Because I have to stay, continue in the truth. Right? My words carry that level of authority. And when somebody says something negative and, and a person goes, well, you know, that's right. What they're saying is I give license to that thing to come into my life. No, I don't give license to that in the name of Jesus. And, and that, right? And that's why, that's why we minister on your words and minister on confession 
and saying the right thing. How your words direct the ship. Your words direct the horse. Your words determine the ultimate destination. But why? Not just because they're words. They are carriers of authority. Now, I, 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 this is not my notes, but it's important anyway. In the book of Luke, we taught about this on Sunday morning, where the centurion was concerned, Luke's account says this, that the centurion looked at Jesus or, or sent people to Jesus who said this to him, I'm not worthy that you should come under my roof. Luke says it this way, but say in a word and my servant will be healed. Here's what the Lord said to me. He said, notice what he is saying is this. He is saying, wrap your authority in words and say it and my servant will be healed. And he said, the concept is this. This is what the Lord said to me. He said, you write a letter, which are words that you want to be said, and you put them in an envelope and you send them all right, the, the letter is your authority and you put it in an envelope and you send it to someone and they get what you're saying. The man said this, your words have authority. Wrap your authority in words in an envelope and say it and send it and my servant will be healed. Right? He understood authority. He understood it. And so when a person says something negative, they're, they're, that, it's not just a negative word. They have the authority invested in them by virtue of being a human being. That authority is there to cause that to happen. And so when they say, you name any negative thing, they say something negative, they are taking their authority and wrapping it in that negative statement and saying it, and those words go out and begin to produce what they're saying in their life, in their family's life. And that's why I've got to continue in the Word where the Bible says don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth Jesus said, I would have what I said. Amen. Jesus said, I would give an account for every idle word that was spoken. James said, the person that speaks whatever they want to speak and says whatever they want to say, to say, they are deceiving their own heart. Because they're saying things trying to believe that it's not going to come to pass, but it's going to because of the authority that you possess. So when you say, I'll never be broke another day in my life, right? When, when you say, I don't mind telling you, I'll never be sick, right? My family won't be sick. My, my, that, no sickness will come near my dwelling. When you say those things, that is your authority. It's not just positivity, it's authority. And then those words mount guard over your home, they mount guard over your life, they mount guard over your body, over your immune system, 
over the workings of your body? Amen. When you make the statement, Christ has redeemed me from the curse of the law, and because of that, therefore, I forbid any germs or virus or sicknesses to come on my body. Why? Because for sickness, he's given me health. For poverty, he's given me wealth. Christ has redeemed me. Now, far from just talking about your words, this is continuing in the word. When that report comes up, you answer it with the word, and now you're continuing in the word. Hallelujah. When pain comes into your body, don't start talking about the pain. Start talking about how Jesus carried it. Right? No, I, oh, I, I just hurt, I just hurt, I just hurt. I understand, and I'm not making light of that. I've been there. But what I'm saying is what should be being said is this. Jesus carried my pain. Jesus carried my pain. You have to leave my body because Jesus carried it. That's the statement that you can make. But that's continuing in the Word. If, if I will continue in the Word, I'll get the Word results. Hallelujah. In uh, Acts 20, Acts 20, and uh, verse 28, <clears throat> Paul says to the ministers in Ephesus, he says, take heed therefore unto yourself and all the flock over which the Holy Ghost made you overseers. And he says this, to feed the church of God, which is purchased with his own blood. For I know this, after my departing, grievous wolves will enter in among you, not sparing the flock. And of your own selves, men will arise speaking perverse things to draw away disciples after them. Now notice he said, feed the church of God. So the question came up in my spirit, well, what are sheep fed? The word. Preach the word. Paul told Timothy, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort, with all long suffering and, 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 and uh, uh, doctrine. But here Paul tells these pastors, take heed to yourself, watch your life, and feed the church. Sheep are fed the word. Why feed the church? Why keep the word out there? Because he said the defense against people being drawn away was the teaching of the word. The greatest defense against deception is truth. If you don't want to be deceived, know the truth. Know the truth. Because that prevents you from being deceived. See, when things go on in the world, it's not that, uh, Lord, help me say this right. Where the deception is concerned, they might be deceiving or there might be deception in natural things, but you don't want to allow yourself to be deceived into thinking that what's happening to the world can happen to me. That's deceptive. I've got to keep feeding on what the scriptures say. 
I've got to keep feeding on what the Word of God has to say. That's what's got to govern my mind. He said in His Word, none of these evil diseases of Egypt that you know that you have seen will come on you because I will take all sickness from your midst. So the believer doesn't need to be deceived into thinking that it can just come on them and do whatever it wants when he said, none of those diseases would come on you because I'll take all sickness from your midst. Now that's got to be something that you're saying. It's got to be something that you're declaring because that's how the faith in that comes to you. Amen. And so I really believe that. I'm not going to get sick. I'm not going to be sick. I'm not going to be broke. I'm not going to struggle financially. The Lord told me years ago, He said, never again talk about struggling. And so people will talk about that to me and I'll say, well, I don't struggle. Oh, that fellow says he never faced a challenge. I never said that. I said I don't struggle. I'm not going to struggle because I don't read that in the Scripture. It, it doesn't say, you know, we'll struggle a while and overcome. It's not what it says. It says we are more than conquerors through Him that loved us. We're going to face things, but we're more than conquerors. We're going to face challenges, but that cannot separate me from the love of God. Oh, glory. Now, there are enemies to the Word that have to be guarded against. Let's go over to Mark chapter 4. There are enemies to the Word that have to be guarded against. The first one is Satan. Now, I use that name here because the word Satan means adversary. All right? It's, it's, it's one that is set against you adversarially. Your adversary, uh, 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 the original word uh, denoted a, a opposing lawyer in a courtroom. All right? It's your adversary. Mark chapter 4, verse 14, Jesus said this. Now, notice something. The sower sows the word. And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they've heard, Satan comes immediately and takes away the word that was sown in their heart. The word that was sown in their heart. Now, one thing that I want you to see from the very beginning is the focus of this parable is not rocks, thorns, hard soil. It's the word. The sower sows the word. The word is the focus. The word is sown in their heart. Now notice that. The word for heart here is the, the Greek word cardia, K-A-R-D-I-A, which makes sense. It's where we get our, our word cardio, cardiovascular, cardiac, all right? And it denotes much more than just the heart of man. When we think heart, very often uh, uh, people think either the, 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 the natural uh, organ or they think the spirit of man and, and those are uh, correct in their proper applications. But here it refers to the whole being, 
the core of the person. All right? When you talk about your cardiovascular system, uh, you're not just talking about your heart. You're talking about your lungs. Uh, you're talking about the blood flow in that area. Uh, you're talking about the, uh, 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 the arteries. Uh, everything that has to do with that cardiovascular system, that's what you're talking about. So when it says the word was sown in the heart, in the very core of the person hearing the word. It's so important. Because Satan has to, the Roost Bible says, snatch away by force. Now how does he do that? How does he do that? There, there's a very, I believe, appropriate example. And it will probably resonate with all the, the men especially. And ladies, I believe you'll get it too. But uh, uh, if you've ever played sports, especially football, now, if you've ever been a receiver or a back, that what you are told from day one, protect the ball, right? Hold on to the ball. The quickest way to not be a running back or a wide receiver is to have umbilitis. You can't hold on to the ball. Right? Well, here's the thing. When a running back gets that ball and he's coming towards the hole in the line or running the ball outside on a sweep or whatever it may be, there are enemies, defenders, that not only want to stop him, they want to, if they can, separate him from the ball. So they'll swipe at the ball. They'll try to grab it. I've seen people before, wide receivers especially, that came across the middle, caught the ball, and got hit so hard that they got separated from the ball. They had possession, and they got hit so hard, they knocked the ball loose. The enemy has to snatch it away from us by force. In other words, he's trying to produce such an impact that it separates you from the Word. Right? Now, the focus here is not the soil as much as it is the Word was sown and the enemy took it away. He's the enemy that's trying to take your, the word. So when you're believing for a certain thing and adversity shows up, make no mistake, that's the enemy trying to separate you from the word. My job's hold on to the word. See, that's how I become good ground. I'm holding on to the word. Ever what it may be. And there are elementary examples that we could use, but I want to stay with this because this is so important. If, if you get separated from the Word, then I'm no longer remaining in the Word, no longer continuing in the Word. And Jesus said, then the result of that is I'm not free. That's so important. And, and, I, and I've watched over the years how, how the enemy will operate in people's minds and, and, and in their thought processes. Maybe you're believing for something 
and, and uh, uh, an issue in your health or an issue in your finances and you kind of get a negative report or you get a bad report. Well, now here's the thing. The first thing that will try to come is that anxiousness and that anxiety. That is a trick of the enemy to separate you from the Word of God. The report does not change the Word. The Word changes the report. I've seen too many people over the years on the brink. I've seen people on the brink of death and the Word bring them back. Because they believe the report of the Lord. Hallelujah. Well, what was the enemy trying to do through that report? Snatch the word from them. Separate them from the word. Don't allow that. Do not allow that. You continue in the word. Amen. I'll say this. The Lord told me about a situation one time. uh, 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 About a certain circumstance. Do you know why miracles are not God's best? Here's why. Because if I'm living a life of miracle to miracle, I'm never building my faith to have a lifestyle of victory. Right? But if I'm building my faith day in and day out, it's hard for the enemy to snatch the word from me, if not impossible, Because I've been staying in it, and I have a defense built up. Glory to God. Amen. And so the first enemy is Satan. He wants to snatch the word because he knows it has the potential to change the whole being, the whole life of the hearer. When you got born again, you did not just get saved in the sense of you're going to miss hell and go to heaven, if you will allow it and you'll engage it, the word will change every part of your life. That's why there are people watching and hearing and listening to me tonight that when you got born again, uh, you were spiritually dead and deficient, but there were issues in your finances or issues in your health or issues in your family or issues in your life. And when you got born again and came to life by the power of the Word of God, then you gave license to the Word to begin to fix those other areas of your life. And if you won't resist it, it'll change every facet of your life if you don't resist it. So don't resist it. Think about this for a moment. There are people that will say God can do anything. But something heavy comes and they begin to wonder. Wait a minute. If you believe, hear what I'm saying. If you believe that God can do anything, then he can do anything. For you. But I got to hold on to that. And not just say God can do anything. Look in the Word and see what the Word says about Jesus saying, if you can believe or if you will believe, all things are possible to a believing one. I I asked people one time, 
Is there anything that's not included in that word all? None. That's a limit breaker. So that means God is my healer. God is my provider. God is my source of peace. God is my refuge. God is my victim. Name it. All things are possible. It is possible to live in the world you're living in and not participate in what the world's participating in because of the Word of God. Secondly, a short root system. Verse 16 says, These are they likewise that are sown on stony ground, who when they've heard the Word immediately receive it with gladness and have no root in themselves, Endure but for a time afterward, when affliction and persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they're offended. Remember again, the focus is the word. Each of these verses, the word starts it and the word finishes it. The word is sown and this is the result. Now, I like this because I was studying this one time and I saw something in Spanish that really brought this out to me. In Spanish, it says, Pero como no reyes, or, or excuse me, no tienen reyes, su vida es muy corta. Here's what it means. With no roots, your life is short. The life of the word is short. Because there's no root, the lifetime of the word is very short. The word was received by this person with joy, but they spent no time putting their roots down. They Listen, they didn't continue. They didn't continue. And so the root system was not strong. To get the maximum return from the word, you have to spend time sinking your root system so that we're not shaken. The man in Luke 6, 48 it says he heard the word and he likened him to a man that dig deep and built his house on a rock. But notice what he had to do. Dig deep. Dig deep. Hallelujah. Because why? The adversity is going to come. The rains came. The winds blew. The flood beat against that house. But it says it stood strong. Why? He had dug deep. Pastor Caldwell said this one time. He said, there are believers that never dig until they face a, a problem. You got to dig deep and settle it, continue in the word before the issue ever shows up. And then you're ready. Hallelujah. When the storm came, it couldn't shake him. I am talking to a bunch of unshakable people, right? The Bible says you have received a kingdom that cannot be moved. So that, that settles the issue. Amen. Now, understand this. You can look at any time in your life, you can look around at any season. And, uh, you know, there's a desire for things to, if, if I can say this, Get back to normal. But here's, here's what I want to ask you. What is abnormal in your life? 
where has your life been impacted? I, I, I can look right now in my life and say my life hadn't changed. There's things I do different because of what has to be done because of natural things, but my belief system hasn't changed. What I am called to do and what God has asked me to do hasn't changed because I've dug deep. This is what I'm going to do. This is what I believe. Amen. And it's going to be the same for you. So you can't get wrapped up in this desire that a lot of people have for what they consider normalcy. What they consider normalcy, what they're saying is, I want the adversity to be over. But we thrive in a time of famine. We rise to the top in adversity. There are people watching you right now that are going to be blessed and encouraged by your testimony of how you have overcome. Oh, glory. Amen. Every time I walk through my house, I think, God, you gave this to me in the middle of adversity. In the middle of adversity, you have prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies. Nothing they can do about it. There are people in the sound of my voice, you got more money in the bank now than you've ever had. Your life is better now than it ever. Last year, two years ago, your life wasn't this good. Glory. And in the middle of what the world's going through, you are thriving. You had the best holiday you've ever had. Going to have the best Christmas you've ever had. Why? Because our joy, our fulfillment is not based on what may be going on around us. It's based on my knowledge of the Word of God. Whew. Boy, I could preach there. I got one more ground. I got one more enemy to talk about, though. Hallelujah. I was talking to my wife this morning over breakfast, and, and I was just rejoicing in the goodness of God. And I said, I, God has once again re, uh, if I could say, confirmed in my spirit how much he cares about us. I, I'm going to say something to you by the Spirit of the Lord. This is from, from God, by the Spirit of the Lord. It just dropped into my spirit. God's not going to let you fail. God is not going to let you fail. Hallelujah. I was talking to, uh, well, y'all know Brother Larry Clemens. I was talking to him uh, uh, one day, and we were talking about the certain situations that are going on in the world. And he said, I know this, that God did not save me from crack addiction and homelessness to let me die from something under the curse. Man, that blessed me. I don't know if he knows how much that blessed me. That blessed me because I, walk, I, I, I walked away thinking, he got it, he's got it, he, know, he sees it. If you're redeemed from one part of the curse, you're redeemed from all the curse. Finally, number three is thorns. Verse 18, and these are they that are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, the cares of this world, deceitfulness of riches, lust of other things, entering in choke the word, 
and they become unfruitful. The Roost Bible says it's the anxieties of the present age, the deceitfulness of wealth, passionate desires with reference to the rest of the things not in these categories. Notice, notice they enter in, and here it is, choke the word, and it becomes unfruitful. Why is that important? The word was working for this person. It was producing fruit. And they allowed worries, uh, deceitfulness of wealth. That just simply means thinking money's your answer. And the lust or the passionate cravings for other things to enter in. Now, that's, that's so important. That's, that's something the Lord revealed to me. You can, you can get the book, Refusing the Care, and we go into that in detail. But that's something the Lord helped me see when I read this. All these things prop the door open for the entering in of care and it choked the word. That's so important. The word is your life source. And if you allow things in there that are going to choke the life out of the word, then your life source is gone. Matthew 13 says that they enter in and that it says it, the word, becomes unfruitful. Mark says here uh, that he becomes unfruitful. Or, or excuse me, Mark says it, Matthew says he. Matthew 13 says he, the man, becomes unfruitful. Mark says it, the word, becomes unfruitful. So you put them together, if the word is choked, I become unfruitful. That's so important. Hallelujah. That's so important. Because the word was working. The word was working for them. Whatever area, whatever level that you see the word working in your life right now, slam the door to the concerns and the cares and the worries because you want that word to keep producing. Hallelujah. Because it's the life of your finances. It's the life of your body. It's, the Bible says it's health and medicine to your flesh. It's the life of your family. The, bet, the most important thing you can do is to keep the life of the Word flowing in your home. Keep the life of the Word flowing in your spirit. Make that your focus. Pastor Michelle did something that I'm so blessed that she did the other day. She went through our YouTube feed and took off all the news channels. All of them. None of them. None, not, I mean, of course, there are certain ones we never did watch. But Fox, Newsmax, none of them. Not, none of them. I don't want any of them on there. Why? I, I have no time for it. I'm not telling you what to do. You do what you think you need to do. But I don't have time for that. When... Uh, when uh, I'm training for a marathon, all right, there are certain things that I don't give my time to because I have a focus. I'm very regimented, very regimented anyway, but very, extremely regimented then. And meaning I don't make plans on certain days. Why? I got a long run. 
I, I, I'll be running for two and a half or three hours that day. I, I can't get together. Now, now, why is that important? Because I've got to have my focus. The Bible says it's the, the lust, King James says, of other things entering in, choke the word. Yeah, but I just want to know what's going on. Could that be a lust for other things? I mean, I'm, I'm again, what, what you think about the news and, and, and whatnot is your business. I'm not telling you what you've got to gauge your spiritual maturity against it. But here's the thing. What is it producing in my life? Is it producing life? Is it producing victory? Then I've got to determine if it's not, is it worth putting in my spirit? Because the word is quick and powerful and sharp. It's alive. But we just read that it can be choked. It can be choked out. Dependent upon what I allow in my spirit. And so it's my responsibility to place pressure on the word. And here's the key. Keep it fruitful in my life. Because if we don't, other things will put pressure on it and cause it to be unfruitful. That's so important. That's continuing in the word. That's continuing in the things of God. Now, I want to leave you with, he says in verse 20, these are they which are sown on good ground. Well, here's the issue. What is good ground? Good ground is simply ground that has put up a defense against the previous issues. They're not allowing the enemy to snatch the word away from them. They're not allowing the cares and the anxieties of the age to enter in and choke the word. That's it. It's not hard to be good ground. I've just got to be on guard against those thieves. If I know the enemy's after the word, then I want to guard the word. I want to prize the word. I want to put my emphasis on the word like never before. Because I'm telling you by the Spirit of the Lord, God's not going to let you fail. God's not going to let you fail. And there are things that I am not, I, I told my wife and I promised the Lord, there are things that I'm not, I'm not going to give my attention to and I'm not going to give my church's attention to it. Folks, here's what I know and I'll end with this. The Bible says weeping may endure for a night, but joy's coming in the morning. And here's what I know, ever what you're dealing with, if you'll continue and stay in the Word, it's all going to turn for your good. It's all going to turn for your good. Oh, glory be to God. Amen. Well, stand up, everybody.